Sifter, the podcast. News, interviews, reviews, cinema, TV, streaming, action. Hi, y'all. This is Jerry Williams, a.k.a. TV Jerry. The Real Dirty Dancing premiered on Fox last night. It's a dance competition with Virginia's Mountain Lake Lodge as the background. That's where the iconic movie was shot in 1986. Celebrities compete by recreating the classic numbers from the movie to see who'll be the next Johnny and Baby. The show will continue for four weeks, and next week on this podcast, I'll be interviewing some of the people involved in the show. Starting this week, I'll be adding a Sifter Review of the Week to the podcast. It'll be a recent best or worst or most interesting review of a show. The other five reviews from the week will still be on Sifter. This show features two film events with a Charlottesville background. First, we'll look at the new indie film Amanda, which plays this Saturday night at Movieland. Then, the Look Closer Festival, sponsored by two former UVA grads and showing at The Bird on the 16th. I'm talking this morning with Ty Cooper. Welcome to Sifter. Ty? Good morning. Thank you. And it was good to meet you last week at the BPA meeting. That was kind of a fun event, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, I was contemplating not going until you said, hey, are you going to this? I'm going to be there. So I was like, okay, I have to be there. I wanted to meet you, so... It was a great meeting. It's a Virginia Production Alliance, which at some point we still will have a podcast about. And you said you were in town because you're promoting your movie, Amanda, which is going to be playing February 5th at Movieland. First of all, what was your inspiration for this film? Tell us what it's about and then why you decided to make this movie. A lot of Amanda really came from my family's struggle. <laughs> it's always hard to talk. It's, always, it's, it's, so, it's so interesting because it's so difficult to talk about sometimes. You know, I lost um, uncles and aunts to cancer. Uh, my father's currently fighting prostate cancer. Uh, he's doing very well, though, very well. He Good. caught it very early. Good. And my mother, um, she beat breast cancer a few years ago with um, Amanda. You know, her mother died when she was nine years old from cancer. She's a painter. And as she's waiting for her work to get curated in the gallery, she's been struggling with the last painting. She ended up finding love in a, her neighborhood coffee shop. It ends up where she has to, she's forced to deal with the trauma. Um, that she hasn't dealt with since she was nine years old, you know, watching her mother suffer from cancer before dying. So what is your background career-wise? Yeah, well, I'm from New York. I'm from Harlem. Um, I went to undergrad at Norfolk State University and um, started my company, my marketing company, in my third year. And I've been in business ever since. So I promoted concerts, different shows, tours. But as I was doing that, I'm creating my own marketing material. So I'm creating my flyers, my television commercials, and everything else. So it got to a point where people was asking me, hey, who did your own commercial? So I tell them we, we as in, you know, me, <laughs> but right, we, right. I said, we do it in-house. And um, a lot of people started coming to me to create their commercials to the point where I was so busy doing that for other clients that I had to outsource my own commercials that I used to shoot myself. Wow. I'm happy about that because it actually, you know, when you're creating branding packages for clients and you're telling stories, it lines up pretty perfectly with telling the story if you're a filmmaker. Sure, sure. Now, you mentioned that you used to live in Harlem. Have you by any chance seen that new series called Harlem? Yes, yes. It's a lot of fun, isn't it? it? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. I love the I love the woman who, um, the actor who want to be... <laughs> Who want to be a, 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 um, a stage actor. With the big throws all the time. Well, you know what? She's uh-huh. from Richmond, born and raised. Yeah, I heard. I heard. I, actually, I really like her. So now you live in Charlottesville. Why did you decide to shoot Amanda in Richmond? Well, Amanda initially was going to be shot in Brooklyn and Harlem. But it, I shot it um, last February. You know, so right. COVID really provided a lot of complications. It made it definitely not conducive to go back and forth to New York 
One of the characters in the movie is the coffee shop. You know, I shot at the Urban Farmhouse as well. Right. The cobblestone downtown over there by, you know, in front of it and on the side of it. So that I guess that means you were shooting at the Shaco yes. Slip <laughs> Urban Farm because they have several locations around town. Right, right. Yes. Cool. Now, you, you mentioned that Amanda, the protagonist, was an artist and she goes to a gallery to try to get her work exhibited. And I know that the gallery owner is played by Heather Van Cleve, who is Miss Virginia 2021. How did you swing that? I've, I've known Heather a long time on Facebook. Um, not in person. I didn't know her. I never met her. When I decided to shoot in Richmond, I reached out to her and said, hey, you know, I don't have a lot of relationships in Richmond and I would love to meet with you to talk about my project. She had a friend who owned this tea place, like a little tea house, you know, like, you know, right. she introduced us, me to the woman. Um, the woman said, yes, yeah, sure. You could definitely use it, you know, for your scene, blah, blah, blah. And then come to find out, Heather ended up buying that place. That space that she bought, was that what became the gallery? Yes, oh, exactly. Okay. Okay. Exactly. Right. Because of the elements, Mother Nature, <laughs> I had to change shooting um, locations on certain days because it started snowing. We had continuity issues. So I had to you know, schedule certain things. And the person who was playing the role of the assistant manager, um, he couldn't play it the next day when I had to postpone that. So I said, hey, Heather, would you mind playing this role? You know, you're the owner of the gallery, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to write your lines tonight. Would you be able to you know, take this role? And she said, sure. So I rewrote the scene and um, sent it to her that night. And she came the next day prepared. Oh, wow. Cool. Well, you know, it's interesting because I was a video producer for many, many years. And when something goes wrong, it makes you become more creative and you actually get a cooler outcome than you would yes. have if you'd gone with the original schedule. So that's kind of cool that she was kind of accidentally in the film. Yes. And she's a strong, beautiful woman. So the character that I created on the spot for her, she really, truly just fit it. So now you, you started showing it in Charlottesville. How was the reception up there? Where did you show it and how was the reception? Um, I showed it on, um, in November at Vinegar Hill Theater. Right. Which is an indie theater. Yep. I used to, when I lived in Charlottesville, I used to go to movies at Vinegar Hill. And actually my documentary on Dirt Woman premiered there in 2018. Yes. At the Virginia Film Festival. Yep. Yes. Yep. I'm the outreach and promotion consultant for the Virginia Film Festival. I've been there for five years. So, right, right. Um, but I used that theater and we had two sold out screenings. Great. Great. Now you're going to be in Richmond on February 5th at Movie Land. Now, how did you swing Movie Land? You just pay for it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So you rented the theater. Yeah, I'm renting the theater. I'm not a control freak, okay? I want to make sure I want to put that out to the audience. Well, what kind of director are you if you're not a control freak? Come on, yeah. Ty. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay, I'm not a control freak, but there's a but. I do want to um, control the presentation, control my marketing, and you know, just really have a hands-on feel with every aspect of what I do. I'm a promoter. Um, right, sure. I trade. I've been a promoter before I became a filmmaker. So right, right. Um, I'm blessed with having that skill set and that knowledge base and that, you know, that experience. Um, I'm trying to break into the market. I'm trying to do more. I'm trying to contribute and donate um, to the market, to different programs in Richmond to support arts and culture. Um, as well as education. And I would love to get the support from Richmond. I need the support because being an indie filmmaker and screening this around the country, the way I'm doing it by renting out the theater and not partnering necessarily with the theater, it's tough. It's very expensive. It's, yeah, it it's very time consuming. But I'm passionate about, you know, what we do here. You know, I'm passionate about filmmaking. I'm passionate about people seeing my work. I don't want my work to live on a computer. So what was the biggest challenge? And you already mentioned the weather was an issue and even casting was an issue. What was your biggest challenge in putting Amanda together? I would say um, Zoom rehearsals, you know, not being able to block until we got on set. 
Footnote. And for anybody who doesn't know, blocking is where the director tells the actors where to stand, where the camera's going to be, that sort of thing. Basically plotting out the movement. It was kind of tough that first day of shooting because we had to kind of, you know, put people in. So we actually, you know, the precious time where we are blocking when, you know, we should have been recording. I've also put everybody and this is not something that you normally would see on a small budget indie film, but I put everyone in the hotel. I put everyone in the Hilton downtown Richmond. And, you know, my hotel bill was almost about $4,000. Right, and that money right. could have been in production where I could have had an extra day of filming. But I wanted to make sure I take care of my people. I have people from New York. I have people from D.C., Virginia Beach, all throughout Virginia. Tell me a little bit about the casting for the movie. I cast it on social media. You know, wow. I, most of the people I found came from, um, they seen the post in the Virginia actors, filmmakers, and actors group. But I was so concerned about casting the role for Amanda. And I needed someone to be very natural. I needed someone to sell this art film. I came across Paige Ryan a couple of times. She and I conversed um, via email back and forth and we did a Zoom meeting. And I was just like, you know what? You're my Amanda. She knocked out the park. Right, right. So when Ty sits at home tonight or this weekend, what do you watch on TV? What are you watching? What movies or what uh, TV shows are you watching right now? I watch everything. <laughs> you sound like me. What's hot right now on your list? Right now, I would say I'm going, I went back to seeing Power, um, 50 Cent um, shows on Stars. I love Modern Family, which is a comedy. And I, I used to watch that all the time. And it was yeah, it's on. It's a great and show. Yeah. I started watching it when it first came out and watched every season. Yeah. The reason why I watch Modern Family so much because I have written a lot of comedy in the past on um, stage plays. Modern Family is so fast. It doesn't give the viewer an opportunity to get bored. Comedy, back and forth between the characters, back and forth, boom, 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 boom. And then they take you to another scene. It's really fast. And I, I have a real appreciation of that. Interesting point. May as well learn from the best. So I've been talking with Ty Cooper, who is the writer, producer, and director. And did you edit it too, Ty? No, no, no. Um, I, I wanted a woman to be the editor on this, but I wanted a woman to kind of put her perspective into my film. That's smart mm -hmm. since the, the lead is a woman. So the writer, producer, director of Amanda, which will be playing February 5th, one night only, 7 p.m. at Movieland. The film is only 45 minutes. It's not full length, but there will be a 45 minute discussion afterwards with Andy Edmonds, executive director of the Virginia Film Office, who, of course, was my first guest on the Sifter podcast a couple of weeks ago. You'll be there, obviously, and some of the cast members, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And tickets could be you know, purchased you know, on the website. And the website is uh, amandathefilm.com. And I yes. will have a link for that on the Sifter webpage as well. So people can click to that to get tickets. Great. All right, Ty, thank you very much. I wish you good luck with this and your future endeavors. And hopefully we'll see you at Movie Land. Yes, you will, Jerry. Thank you. I'm visiting with Graham Barber and Phineas Alexander, who are the creators of the Look Closer Film Festival. This is the inaugural one. You guys came to Richmond after college at UVA, and I went to Charlottesville after college and lived in Charlottesville for a year running a record store on Ellywood Avenue. I guess you know where that is, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah, right we there do. on the corner. It's a, it's a coffee shop at the end of the street now. That used to be a record store when I was there. You right where Grit is now? If that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. It is. So yeah. You guys might have had coffee in my living room. That's so yeah. funny. That's it. So first of all, you're both UVA graduates. How did you meet and how did you decide to get in business together? We were both part of this uh, sort of student journalism club called WUVA. Jen Phineas was the president at the time and I was working as a news editor. Flash forward to, I think, 2019. I saw this like um, 
this ad for this 72 hour film festival. It's called the Adrenaline Film Competition. Right. Right. Um, by Lighthouse in Charlottesville. Footnote. The Adrenaline Film Festival gives teams 72 hours to write, shoot, and edit a three to five minute film on an assigned genre, prop, or line of dialogue. I was looking to put together a team and pretty much all the people in, in film that I knew were Phineas and uh, another friend of mine from a creative writing class. And we uh, sort of joined together and did the competition, ended up winning. And great. it was great. And we uh, we realized that you know we worked really well together and that sort of got the ball rolling on all things. How does the division of labor break down? Is one you a director, one's a producer, or are you like the Coen brothers? You both co-direct? How does that work? It's sort of molded over time, but for the most part, Graham does the vast majority of the shooting. He's essentially the director of photography for us, and I direct most projects that we're on. And who edits? Uh, We both edit as well. We're starting to get to the point where we're starting to outsource some of our work. For the most part, it's really just us from, from start to finish taking care of things. After you graduated, you moved to Richmond. Why did you decide to come to Richmond as opposed to going to like to New York or LA or trying your hand in a bigger market? So I'm originally from New York. New York City or New York State? New York City from Brooklyn. Okay. Um, but coming into to sort of the second semester of the last year of college, I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to do after this ends. And one of my very close friends, Liam McCormick, got a job at Capital One here in Richmond. And I told uh-huh. him he could choose between DC and Richmond. And I told him, if you go to Richmond, I'll, I'll go with you. And he said, okay, in that moment. And so I said, oh, shit, I got to get people, more people to come now. And so I immediately went to Graham and I said, we're starting a production company. And he was like, no, we're going to LA. We got to get PA (laughs) jobs, the industry, whatever. I knew that I wanted to go work in film after school. And I wasn't sure really to what degree. I liked the idea of going out to LA and just sort of, you know, tossing my name in the hat and trying to make it. However, Phineas is very persuasive. And uh, I also like the idea of having creative freedom and being able to work on projects that I personally find, you know, engaging and not having to go through like, you know, the years or whatever of doing non-creative work in order to get to the point where I can be, even though that, you know, the cap may be a little bit higher there. So far, I'm very happy with with our decision to to come to Richmond and do this ourselves. On that note, uh, one of the sort of, of, a lot of what we do is make music videos and sort of one of the first bigger videos we made is for our friend Kate Bollinger. (laughs) And uh, she moved here. She's a year older. She graduated here before us from UVA. She moved here. And after talking to her, she sort of had explained that there's something of a vibrant um, music scene in Richmond, which we found definitely to be true. There's right, sort right. Of a, it's exploding with music all the time. And that was definitely a big part of the reason we moved here. And, and now it sort of is definitely a very fulfilling part of Richmond for us. As somebody who made their living as a director in Richmond for my whole career, you can do it here. It, you know, and, and you don't ever have to deal with all that crap out in L.A. And you can actually make a living here. So Sly Dog Creative is the name of your company. What does that name mean? Where did that come from? Who's the Sly Dog? <laughs> it's me. No, just um, <laughs> basically after college, a month where I, I went to Greece and Graham, we basically split up for a month before coming to Richmond. For wait, a minute, to- wait a minute. You dropped Greece, Graham. Where did you go? Don't tell me like Charlottesville or something. <laughs> I went to Cape Charles. Even more exciting. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool. Cool. Go ahead, Phineas. We were like, we're going to come back to Richmond in August. We're going to have names. We're going to start it. And so it, it, over the course of the three months, we came up with, with three names. The first one, Pepper Jack Creative. All right. Second one, Radish Creative. And then the third one was Sly Dog Creative. And it was a tough choice, honestly. I think I was pro Pepper Jack for most of that. But it speaks a bit to like how we like to run ourselves as a production company. Like we like having sort of ideas that, you know, are a little bit off the, you know, off the traditional, the route. Why are you starting a film festival when you're just starting your own career? 
we got to Richmond and, you know, immediately we essentially tried to reach out to everyone we could in film, just trying to get sort of a community around us. And we were able to do that to, to, to an extent. Honestly, this feels like just a, a, a way to bring people together. This is a, a way for us to see everyone's films, meet everyone who's working on these films locally and just support them and give them a, a platform for people who who are like us and are, are making really cool stuff. And and really it was like, I remember talking with Phineas back when we were first getting t- together the ideas for our company. And one of the things that he really was very passionate about was making sure that we create a very collaborative environment among the creatives in our life. And this feels like the like the sort of ideal manifestation of that. You know, a lot of the films that we're showing are are a lot better than, than what we're capable of this time. <laughs> There's no shame in that. Like, it really is, like Phineas said, about just, you know, creating community, you know, empowering other filmmakers, showing them that, you know, our work has value. And also just, you know, it's exciting to see your work on a big screen. So give us a little quick rundown of what the films are about or where they're coming from or what we can expect. We have true shorts. We have a couple 20 minute films made locally, folk tales from Nigeria, comedies, experimental films, kind of runs the whole gamut in terms of content. Now you said there's also going to be a discussion panel with two filmmakers. What's that about? Three people now. So we have have Rick Alberson, who's a a director, Kevin Jerome Everson, who's an artist and a professor at UVA. And we have Yosera Bushti who is a professor at VCU. And each of them sort of brings a a unique perspective on directing independent shorts. So I don't think there are going to be any prizes because it's not that kind of festival, but what happens to the money that's made? When you say prizes, I guess the money does sort of become a a prize to to a certain extent, but in a very egalitarian way. Pretty much all the profits from the festival are going to be distributed among the accepted filmmakers. Everyone that has a film in there will walk away with a certain amount of money. It's obviously- Thousands and thousands of dollars. Buy tickets now. Yeah, so <laughs> give your money to filmmakers. Everyone should buy tickets because, you know, the more tickets we sell, the, the more that we can give filmmakers at the end of the day to, you know, go forward and continue funding their own creative projects and, and growing as, as filmmakers. Since you mentioned that, and I'll have a link on the podcast page, but if you want to tell everybody the quick link right now where they can, by the way, it's February 16th at the bird we assume they'll be reopened by then the bird has confirmed that they will be open great and you can buy tickets at slidedogcreative.com buy a ticket buy one for your mom for your grandma get them all in there all right we'll shake their hands we'd love to meet them so now what are you guys watching in your own personal life on tv or what movies have you seen lately what streaming what are you watching that you think is kind of great you know i watched first performed the other night and it absolutely blew me away Footnote. First Reformed is a 2017 movie written and directed by Paul Schrader that stars Ethan Hawke as a Protestant minister struggling with his faith. Yeah, that absolutely blew me away. And actually, next on my docket is I'm going to go back and watch Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid as a classic of my youth. But I, I love that movie and I, I've convinced my friends I'd love last to watch it with me. I actually saw it in the theater, of course. Uh, <laughs> Graham, how about you? Yeah, I've actually been going to the theater a lot recently. It's been like, I feel like a lot of great movies are coming out. I uh, One that really stood out to me was uh, was Licorice Pizza. And then just last week, I saw Nightmare Alley, which I thought was interesting having taken class on noir film in, in college. It was like, it was sort of interesting to, to read into it that from that extent. The film, I don't know, didn't necessarily speak to me that much. But I think that the Licorice Pizza, though, I think was really, uh, it hit the mark for me. Yeah, I reviewed both of those movies, and kind of like you, I appreciated, but didn't really love either one of them. And I watched this film called The Mountain, and nothing has really upset me more than that in my life or in a movie recently. Footnote. The Mountain stars Jeff Goldblum as a 50s doctor who made his reputation performing lobotomies. It was directed by guest judge speaker Rick Alverson.
There's no gore. There's not even many upsetting scenes. It's just people who are like internally destroyed. It really was just so upsetting for many days for me. Well, it sounds pretty intriguing. Actually, I'll review it tomorrow on Sifter. Okay, guys, any final words? Come to look closer. Support local filmmakers. We love you. If you're listening to this podcast, uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so I've been talking with Graham Barber and Phineas Alexander. That's Phineas, who's the dreamily excited one there. Thank you guys very much. Good luck. I look forward to seeing you down at the Bird on the 16th. Thank you very much Thanks, for having Jay. us. Sifter, review of the week. As we see it on Amazon Prime Video. Until now, the best show revolving around autism was Netflix's Atypical, which is funny, sweet, and touching. But the leading actor, Keir Gilchrist, was not autistic. This new show involves three 20-somethings on the spectrum who share an L.A. apartment. But all three actors also identify as autistic. One is agoraphobic, one is good at computers but bad with people, and one just wants to fall in love. They attempt to adjust to the neurotypical world with the help of their families and their caretaker, played by Sozie Bacon. While it may take a few episodes to get caught up in their challenges, there's no denying that the performances of this trio are not only genuine, but vulnerable and truly affecting. The final episode turns on the waterworks, but throughout the series, there are also moments of humor, often provided by the trio's reactions. The situations seem authentic, and they're treated with respect and compassion. Actually, the word autistic isn't even spoken until late in the series. As we learn to accept and appreciate them, one of the actors sums it up. What's the big deal with normal? This show is certainly a breakthrough in representation and a heartfelt drama. There were also neurodiverse people in supporting roles and behind the scenes, including writers. I gave it four and a half out of five stars. Coming soon. In theaters, the one I'm most looking forward to is Jackass Forever. Johnny Knoxville and the gang are back for one final crazy cavalcade of insane stunts. Also opening Friday is Moonfall. The moon is knocked out of orbit and headed for Earth. It's directed by Roland Emmerich, who's a pro at disasters like this. Also opening, Sundown, featuring Tim Roth and Charlotte Gainsborough. They're vacationing in Mexico when an emergency cuts the trip short. Who We Are, a chronicle of racism in America, with civil rights attorney Jeffrey Robinson, traces anti-black racism. And finally, Drive My Car, a three-hour Japanese import that's been on all the best foreign film lists. The Bird is reopening with several series, including a Harry Potter-thon, a Spike Lee retrospective, and 80s movie nights. And the Oscar nominations will be announced on the 8th. In TV and streaming, Pam and Tommy drops on the 2nd on Hulu. Lily James plays Pamela Anderson, and Sebastian Stan plays Tommy Lee. It's directed by Craig Gillespie, who also directed I, Tonya. Murderville drops on Netflix on the 3rd. This is a crime comedy starring Will Arnett as a detective with a new murder to solve every episode and a new celebrity guest as his partner. But they have to improvise their way through the process without a script. On the 4th, Reacher drops on Amazon. This is a crime action series that Tom Cruise started and he's replaced by Alan Richardson of DC's Titans, who reportedly read all 24 novels in preparation. Suspicion also drops on Apple TV Plus with Uma Thurman, who plays a New Yorker whose son is kidnapped in a suitcase, and four Brits are the prime suspects. Raised by Wolves is back on HBO Max for the second season, produced by Ridley Scott. It's about android partners and children in a colony on a faraway planet. 
Fat Tuesdays is on Amazon Prime. This docuseries is about the 90s comedy showcase that launched the careers of many black comics, including Chris Rock, Steve Harvey, and Kevin Hart. And finally, the opening ceremony of the Olympics is Friday night. And if the last Beijing event was any indication, it'll be worth watching on NBC, of course. For more Sister, including literally thousands, thousands of reviews, reviews, visit tvjerry.com. That's a wrap.